0: hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the VP and HDR podcast uh, today. I have a, another young man with me from uh, ILC. Um, his name is Seth and uh, over the years I've you know I've known him throughout the years um, and he is um, kind of developing in his ministry um, and I've got to uh, connect with him. We went to uh, Hope Corps. Uh, together. So that, that was neat. Um, but I wanted to have him on. Uh, some, he's someone that I respect I um, look up to um, and that I've watched as I've come here. So uh, Seth, it's a pleasure to have you on here.
1: It's a pleasure to be here, man. Um, thank you for those kind words. That means a lot. I'm just happy to be here. Well, we'll, um, we'll get started. Just tell us about how you
0: got in this thing growing up, upbringing, and we'll go from there. So...
1: Um, my, my story is kind of kind of different, so it's kind of, it's a lot of back and forth in it, so I'll just try to go for the beginning. Um, so I obviously didn't grow up in church, but I would, I grew up around church. Uh, let me explain what I mean by that. So around the age of like three or four years old, my parents decided to make a move from, uh, Long Beach area, like LA, Mm and they were looking for homes. It was just a situation they had to get away from the environment. So I was obviously really young, and so was my older brother. We were both really young. And um, they decided to look for houses a a little bit away. So long story short, they came across a house in Rialto, and that's where we ended up buying our house. That alone, right there is, you know, it's, you could see God's hand in that. Um, but it, it kept on going. God kept on working. So obviously I'm four years old. It's time to go to kindergarten. So my parents are looking for a school to, to put me in. Um, and that's when they come across Lighthouse Christian Academy, not really knowing anything about, uh, Pentecost, not knowing anything about, um, This church, obviously that's before the days of Google, I think. Yeah. I think. I'm not too (laughs) sure, but um, that's, yeah, AOL was was what was used back then, I guess. But anyway, so obviously it's God's hand that led them here. And that's where I got the Holy Ghost um, in third grade. I got the Holy Ghost in third grade in Sister Lee's class. I feel like everyone that got in her class, <laughs> you got the well, you, got you got left with it. the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, So I got the Holy Ghost at seven years old. Got baptized at seven years old, and um, we didn't come to church very often. We would come maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it'd be longer. It just depended on you know um, my parents, and uh, but I, I remember from a young age I h- had a desire to go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. Whenever I got to go, I, lo- I loved church, I loved um, to worship, I loved to, to be in the house of God. And I'm not saying I was some perfect little angel, <laughs> I wasn't, but I do remember from a very young age that I loved being in the house of God. Um, so fast forward, it, it kind of kept kept that momentum, the back and forth momentum, for a few years up until I was probably uh, 13, no, probably younger than that, maybe 10 or 11, 12 Um, my brother started playing, my oldest brother, Ian, started playing for the youth choir, playing guitar for the youth choir. So he, it required him to go to church more consistently. And at that time, my parents weren't going, they were still living, you know, um, the lifestyle of the world. And so, so were we, because, you know, that's the house hold out we were raised in doing our best, you know, in that situation. But anyways, so we started coming more faithfully. Uh, for a time, it was just me and him. We'd get dropped off at church um, for a little bit. I think that probably lasted a couple months, and then my mom started coming with us a little bit more faithfully. And then uh, we did that for a while. Then my dad started coming, and then y'all you know, now all of us come to church that's faithfully. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So,
0: were you? Did you get involved with your brother as well, or were you still? Uh, kind of out of that age range of like... Yeah, I was still really
1: young. Okay. So, I mean, if they would ask me to junior usher or, or something like yeah. that, I would do it. Okay. But as far as like music or anything, that happened a lot later. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome.
0: So when did you... Um, I mentioned that you're kind of beginning to develop in your ministry. You've yeah. preached, preached out um, at the lo- local churches here. But when did you start to feel that call on your life?
1: I feel like every time I answer this, it's a little different, but it's hard to say. Um, not that I'm giving you know, a lie every time I answer <laughs> sure. it, but I feel like it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly. Um, I remember from the early, this is totally random and it's kind of weird, but I remember my grandma wasn't really, uh, she wasn't Pentecostal, but she had some sort of like Christian influence. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day we were watching a, uh, I was was really young. I was probably eight years old. I know I'd got the Holy Ghost already. Um, I remember we were watching a televangelist, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have those cheesy hotlines that, you know, they say, call this for prayer or whatever. And I was feeling really spiritual, so I decided to call it, right? You pulled out the Razor flip phone, and we called the number, and I remember... I would always felt like God wanted to do something in me, but you're so young and you don't know. Mm-hmm. You hear like the times I would come to church, you'd hear God's calls, uh, sure. you'd hear that preacher over the pulpit, et cetera. And I remember I called that number, and then he he read that scripture to me in Jeremiah. For I know the plans that I have mm-hmm. for you, he said. From my mother's from your mother's womb. Right, he's just he's kind of preaching to me, right? Yeah. So he's telling me he's like, "Hey, God had plans before you were even born for you, mm-hmm. right?" That's what he's telling me, and I just remember weeping and bawling, like eight years old. And obviously, this dude's you know wolf <laughs> in sheep's clothing, probably, but you know, I was just so sensitive to it. So I, I felt like I didn't know exactly what um, God wanted to do, but I just knew I wanted God to do something, right? Mm-hmm. I knew I was called to do something, and. A little bit later, probably 10 years old, I was like, okay, like, I feel like it's a pr- call to preach, you know, and you're 10, you're still so hyped about yeah. it, you know, you feel like you're going to preach peak and you're going to preach, you know, a Philippine revival, <laughs> yeah. like 15,000 yeah. souls, <laughs> like, and, you, you know, You start laying hands on people. Yeah, and you start laying hands this in the grocery thing. store at 10 years old. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I guess I I don't know if I accepted the call, but I acknowledged it, mm. Right. So I I, I would think pretty early, Um, but around like 15, 16, I hit that age where I didn't really want anything to do with it. Um, I kept it really down, like Mm -hmm. suppressed it a lot. I felt the call and there'd be times where it'd be preached over the pulpit and I'd get so convicted because I knew I had a call, Mm -hmm. but I was just, I was really running from it. And it got to the point where, uh, you know, you get to that age in high school. 18 years old about to graduate high school and you're you're getting that question asked a lot or even the beginning stages of high school what do you want to do when you grow up what do you want to do when you get out of high school and I would always answer with something different every time Mm -hmm. but in the back of my mind I knew it was I had a call Mm -hmm. so I couldn't really say I want to be a doctor I want to be a psychiatrist whatever and I would say stuff like that but at the end of the day I knew that I had a call and I was running from it explain running from it yeah yeah of course uh you, you know I think as as far as me running from it it probably stopped around the age of 17 I want to say probably 16 or 17 mm-hmm. um, I would say more 17 but um <clears throat> I, I guess I was just denying the fact mm-hmm. even though I knew deep down deep down inside that I had the call so I was just living a life um, kind of you know, not being responsible, not holding yeah. that shouldering that responsibility of the call mm-hmm. um, and then it, it was just a lot of insecurity really. I was scared to dive deep I was scared um, you know to to take that leap of faith you know mm-hmm. um, but s- sooner or later it, it started to, it started to pick up the pace as far as I would hear that over the pulpit a lot you know yeah you know how <laughs> God works um, and I just started getting convicted. And, and I remember feeling that old feeling again when you're like, when I was 10 years old or, you know, that I felt the call. I felt it again. I felt it deep. I felt it heavy. And even as a younger, younger kid, like 11 years old, I would have, uh, God would speak to me um, through through preachers and uh, through his men. And they would, they would say stuff to me that would, you, you know, direct my, it, it would affirm the call that I felt is what I'm trying to say. And, but, you know, 16, 17, I didn't want anything to do with yeah. that. Um, but I remember there was a pivotal point for me, Josh. Um, I think it was a winter retreat Nathan Morton preached. I, I think it was 2016, 2017. I'm not too sure. But I was just, I was really living in a lifestyle of sin just because I didn't really want anything to do with God. I would come to church. But um, anyways, so the, I... After that winter tree, I remember making up my mind, you know, I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to do my best. And in that process, my brother actually backslid um, from church. And I remember telling myself, it wasn't very spiritual, but I remember telling myself, you know what? He backslid, I'm not going to. And I didn't feel like this great, you know, power of the Holy Ghost I know it was I could have if I would have applied myself to pray but I didn't I just felt like in my head I just had a determination Mm -hmm. you know and that may have been I'm pretty sure that the Holy Ghost was involved but I I just had a determination you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna serve God sure so now how did you
0: actually you said you acknowledged it and how did you uh, go about it yeah go about into moving into that direction Uh,
1: for a while, I just, you know, try to be faithful. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the, that is the foundation, really, is your faithfulness. Um, you could have a call to God, a call of God on your life. And if you're not faithful, then you're really not going to ever see it come into fruition. Mm-hmm. So, and not to say that I'm perfect. You know, I'm still working <laughs> on it. Um, but um, for me, it was just showing up, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't feel like you're just called fire down from heaven you know it's it's really the redundancy and the and the 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 really boring things Mm -hmm. if you want to say it that way the not the things that aren't aren't as exciting as a mountaintop you know it's the 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 dailies right it's the grind you know Uh, what i did was really just i didn't tell pastor i was called yet i didn't tell him until a lot later but what i did i just tried to pray you know, and I felt like five minutes was a long time. I remember I would set my timer on my phone for five minutes. And I was, You know, what? I'm going to pray for five minutes, and I would, I wouldn't, I would run out of things to say in this, like the two minute mark. Um, but you know, you just you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it. Um, the repetition of all le- uh, what is what did you say? Um, repetition is the mother of all learning. Yeah, that's right. Is. Repetition right. is the mother of all learning. Right so i just kept doing it kept doing it and then sooner or later my prayer life grew um didn't grow a whole lot because i mean i was kind of teeter-tottering at that time with my prayer life but i did see some growth um but fast forward to about i'm graduating high school i go to college and i feel like i'm talking a lot so if you have a question just let me know but um i fast forward to college graduate high school and I still have that thought in the back of my head like I know I'm called Mm -hmm. I know I'm called and by that time I was being pretty faithful in my prayer life Um, and I was pretty serious about my walk with God Um, and at the time I would come to the church late at night to pray and the reason I say this is because there was a pivotal moment for me in one of those one of those prayer meetings I remember that I was just praying I was actually on my way back home from work or something like that. I just remember I was on my way, so the opposite direction of the church, and I was listening to Doug White, Anointing Without Adjustment. And I remember I just stopped listening, and I felt like God was like calling me to prayer. And I couldn't shake it. I was just weeping in the, in the car. So I turn around, get to the church, and I just start praying, start praying, start seeking God. And that's when I felt... For one of the first times um in a while it's like i felt that call again mm. um at least that strong i had felt it again before but just that strong and i hadn't talked to pastor yet and i didn't plan on doing it quite that quite at that point but um it's the year 2018 or 2019 i believe and I go to San Jose camp meeting and I, God's just confirming, con- constantly confirming through every service, confirming the call. And I remember there is a there was a preacher there that was reading my mail, you know, and confirming <laughs> yeah. about the call. And I get home two weeks later and he's preaching revival with us. Oh, man. And it was, it was Brother Andrew Howard. Yeah. So that's where I feel like I don't want to say the start of it all. But I feel like that was a very, very pivotal point in my life, in my ministry. You know, and it's still, I feel, you know, un- God's still unfolding unfolding it. But I feel like that was a very pivotal point for me. Yeah. Um, I felt like I gained... Um, I felt like that was the point where God said, "Okay, I've told you so many times, you know, just ac- accept it and acknowledge it, and walk in it." Right. Yeah. That's why I felt like that was that turning point for me. And obviously, I talked to Pastor, and um, you know, he he told me like I, you know, we went through the whole process, and uh, it it just felt right to both of us. Mm-hmm. So that ever since then, I've just been trying to do my best. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, you mentioned Brother Howard. He, he man, guys. Is-
1: yeah, he's one of the, he's honestly one of the most influential, he has been the most impactful, one of the most impactful, sorry, in my life, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. God has used him in so many ways to uh, give clarity, um, to challenge, to push, and he he really took time to mentor our whole youth group, mm-hmm. our whole college yeah. career. So, I mean, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's awesome, teaching us to pray and going yeah. to the heights. Yeah. Yeah. So. You mentioned a couple, of, uh, pivotal moments, um, talk to us about some of the pivotal moments that caused you to
1: experience the most spiritual growth that you, that you feel like, um, one of them, like I just mentioned that revival, that first revival, actually technically the second, I guess. Cause he came like for a two week period with like a couple, like 2016 or something like that. Mm. But, um. Anyway, I would say that revival of Brother Andrew Howard is definitely one. Um, I felt like that's where I learned really how to pray. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's just places in prayer that I never even thought I could reach until he came. Um, that's definitely one. And I felt like God did a lot. Um, I felt like he spoke into certain situations for me, and that was just very pivotal. Mm. Um I would also say, I, I kind of, I mentioned it, I touched on it, but um, that, that year's San Jose camp meeting, I remember the, the week before I had my finals in college, and I wasn't the greatest student, mm-hmm. I was probably failing my classes, <laughs> um, to be honest with you, but I remember I would be, I, was, I had a prayer life already, I was just praying, I was like, I was asking God for His perfect will regarding to my future, and I was stressed. I really was stressed for, like, a good two, three-month period because I just, I number one, I didn't like school. Number two, I just felt like it was, it felt really uncertain, my future. And I, I was just praying, God, like, if I'm not supposed to be here, I don't want to waste another year. It was my first year in college. I was about to finish up. Anyways, I'm taking my finals, and I'm in the parking lot, with actually, I think it's this this journal right here, and I'm writing in it. And I could, I could turn to the place where I wrote in it just how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. As far as, God, I feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere. I feel lost. I feel uncertain about everything. Um, and I just started to pray. I stopped right there, started to pray. And I that's when I made up my mind, you know what? I'm going to finish school. Yeah. I'm done. I'm dropping out. And I'm not saying that you should or you shouldn't, you know, education's (laughs) great. I just don't feel like it was for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, I felt like I had a call and you could be called and go to educate yourself. But I just felt like for me, that wasn't the right move. Sure. So I I just, I told myself, okay, I'm gonna take this last final and I'm not coming back. And that's before I talked to my parents. That's before I talked to my pastor. Um, Mm -hmm. If I could do it again, I probably would have talked to Pastor first. Sure. <laughs> but um, I talked to him at, a couple days or weeks after. And I just told him how I felt. And he, he felt like, you know, I was making the right choice. Um, but I talked to my parents, and they kind of took it a little hard. Mm. And they, they warmed up to it, you know, eventually. But, yeah, I felt like that was very pivotal for me because it it – I don't know how else to say it, but it set me up for my calling in the fact of, okay, look, there's no plan B. Mm. You know, I'm gonna pursue God's will, and that's it. I went to work, like I didn't just sit at home. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, come up with sermons all day. <laughs> yeah, I definitely you just didn't did do the that. Present duty of right. No, like? I, I if I dropped out of school, I had to go find a job. Sure, I could. I try to find a job. Yeah, so that's what I did. I would say. Just off the top of my head, those were very two pivotal points for me. Um, just trying to—learning l- to lean on God in the uncertain times, mm-hmm. for sure. Learn to lean on God on cent- in uncertain times.
0: That's good. So uh, recently, you and I actually got to kind of uh, go on a, on a Hope Corps. Um, we got to go on our ITW that was a whole whole deal. We did the whole you know airport thing, nine hour flight, and uh, I think it was like fourteen <laughs> yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, felt like it was an One eternity. eternity. One long stretch of of, of flying. Um, what what did you think about that? Talk to us a little bit about about the ITW. Yeah, just just as a whole, whatever yeah. you you enjoyed, yeah, yeah. whatever.
1: So I, I mean, I kind of mentioned it here um, about Hope Corps you know, as a whole. I, for the longest time, and hopefully your podcast doesn't get shadow banned because I say this, but <laughs> I thought that Hope Core was a waste of time, mm-hmm. just being completely honest. And I, I felt like it was all hype. I felt like it was a vacation. And, you know, we went to Italy, so I'm not trying to make it sound like we were suffering, but this is just what my <laughs> yeah. thoughts were initially, right? Yeah. Um, I felt like it was all hype. You know, I was like, you know, I, I don't see the point of it whatever but a lot of my friends had done it in the past and i heard nothing but good stuff about it so i just kept in the back of my mind but there came a point last year where um i just felt like i had to do something else Mm. i felt like i was hitting a plateau and i felt like i had to push for something else and i started praying about it it's like what else can i do you know so i i joined I decided to help out at our branch work here at West Covina. Mm-hmm. Prayed about that, asked Pastor with his permission, I went. So I started doing that, but I felt like I felt like there was something else I needed to do, and that's where I felt like, okay, you know, I think it's Hope Corps, mm-hmm. and I still had those thoughts of, you know, what this is probably all hype, but I told God, look, if it is all hype, I know this is, um, it's I know this is a investment. And I'm trying to invest in your kingdom, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm trying to invest my time into the kingdom. So if if anything, God, if I don't get anything out of these courses, if I don't get anything out of the ITW, I know just the simple fact that I'm investing in, I'm going to get something out of it, mm-hmm. right? So that's what my mindset was. So I, I did it, and, um, you know, I pretty quickly changed my mind about all of it, yeah. um, especially... The ITW it was just so it was impactful for sure mm-hmm. I think from everything as from everything from a business as missions to the challenge services to the um, just to the teaching le- all the several lessons that we we had there I felt like it definitely stretched me and challenged me I think one moment that I think about often in particular is that do you remember that session that Brother Coburn taught yes
0: oh man he like, taught about so
1: yeah he taught about home <laughs> mission work and bible studies and it started off really you remember it started off really slow paced and mm-hmm. he was just teaching and the Holy Ghost fell yeah. and that's I remember I was like okay I think that was one of the first few sessions right mm-hmm. I, Yeah, I think and I remember like even the team first team challenge team. night that we had I felt the Holy Ghost right on and that's when I knew I was like okay this is this is more than just hype, this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I just think and I know everyone else says this, but it's true. It's just a challenge. It's it's a very challenging and um, it really stretches you to do more, to, to change your perspective to have the kingdom in mind first. Mm-hmm. You know, to forget the rest and put the kingdom first, to be mission minded. Right. So I, I think it's great. I think everyone should do it. Oh, Brother King said it. Being doing, doing what you can,
0: not what you can, in the kingdom, um, and just doing the the present duty and doing whatever you're. He taught that lesson on the doors and rooms. That was right. the, the incredible, an incredible lesson. That
1: and I, I, I don't know if you remember, but I feel like a current, a reoccurring theme. Sorry, of of that whole ITW was you know what to do, just go do it. Right, yeah. go and do. Yeah, right, like we have to go and do mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. So I felt like that was very, um, challenging to me because, you know, for me personally, yeah. I, I knew what to do, but this time to like get How the shovel, so digging. It, yeah. Right. So it was great. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think I came back on, on, on fire. Like, man, I, I,
0: I got it. Like with a sense of urgency. Right. Right. So exactly. I thought that was really cool. Well, I, I think we can start, um, wrapping wrapping this up um i have one last question i like to ask everybody that i have on so the name of the podcast is visually prepared and i want to know how can we continue to stay visually prepared or in other words how do we continue to maintain the focus for god's kingdom
1: you know i think i think it's by exposure you know you're going to want to pray the more moments you have in the prayer room where you just feel like you touch the throne of God, right? You know, not every day you're going to wake up and want to pray, right? But being, you said, being mission-minded, right? So the less you pray, the less mission-minded you're going to be, right? So the more exposure to prayer you have, the more likely you are to be mission-minded. So I would say just constant exposure to the things that are mission-oriented. So uh, teaching home Bible studies, teaching, um, being involved in in service, being involved in daughter works, you know, it's something as simple as ushering, mm-hmm. something as simple as um, platform cadet or music, whatever whatever it is you can get your hand into that requires to get into the field, to be in the mission, mm-hmm. um, just constantly exposing yourself to that um, I think it's a key thing in staying mission-minded. That's good. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on here. Thank you for having me. See you on the next one. God bless.